In this week's update, delightfully bullish finish to the US week. Financial skills can be learned, but not in a book. And gold bounces nicely off key support. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only. And please remember to like and subscribe to the video. <clears throat> All right, let's start with the market perspective. The money flows uh, continue to support the bullish case. It's not just what the indices are doing, although they are looking pretty positive, but it's where the money is going. And uh, as you'll see, it's, uh, it's clearly continuing to run into the more aggressive sectors of the market, and that, that is overall bullish. People are feeling more confident that they're not wanting to hide in consumer staples or utilities or real estate. They're, they're prepared to go into the technology areas and, um, and consumer discretionary areas. So once you know where the money is going, <clears throat> then it's really just a matter of building a plan around buying into some short-term weakness. Um, depending on whether you're a short-term trader or a longer-term investor, you can get an edge by just following that very simple principle. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of a rant this morning. I don't, uh, I don't do it very often, but um, you know, investors just have to get the, the full picture here. And introductory education can be really dangerous if it's dressed up as something that it is not. And I'm seeing uh, themes popping up that you can become a successful investor by just tuning into some sort of regular show or forum or joining some sort of self-help group. This is just so ludicrous that I would hope that most people would see through that. But I fear that many of the uneducated who just don't understand how the stock market works because they've just not had the exposure will believe this stuff. And the danger in it is, is, is not getting the information. The danger is thinking that that information is all that you need. You cannot become a successful investor just doing a course in a classroom or from some book. These are merely just first steps in what is a long journey of hundreds of steps. And that's just the reality. You know, you can fast track the learning and the experience by getting a mentor um, and yes, that can save you a huge amount of money and a huge amount of time, and does, if you do it properly. But you must get the live experience, and plenty of it. I'm sorry, folks, but there are no shortcuts to, um, to success in the stock market. But, and this is the good news, there are many things that you can do to reduce risk, to operate in a way that doesn't stress you, which is a, a big problem for a lot of people, and which dramatically improves the probability that you're going to succeed. doesn't guarantee it, but it certainly gives you a much better probability. And just to wrap up this little rant, just think about this. What success did you ever have in your life without a considerable amount of effort? So this, this concept that you can, you can quickly learn to become successful in the stock market has just got to be seen for what it is, and that's misleading. So I'll get off my soapbox on that, but you know I'm just seeing an increasing amount of this, and I guess the the rise of artificial intelligence is sort of leading you know leading into this that you can you can do things simply, and just doing half a research job will almost inevitably in, end in tears, and that's what a lot of people are, are trying to do. They're trying to get a, a small amount of education, they think that's enough, and then off they go, and uh, it's just not enough. And the other point too is that just using the indices for your cues is generally very misleading. And that's why in this forum, I've been at pains to show where the money is actually going on a sector by sector basis, not just um, blandly looking at, at what the indices are doing. 
So American stocks ended up 2% on the week. That was a very bullish finish Thursday and Friday. Um, so particularly impressive. But what is important as US earnings season wraps up, I think that almost the entire S&P 500 have reported now, is that forward guidance is more cautious than, than I've seen it. And it's because companies just aren't confident about the impact of the Fed rate rises. How much is it going to dent their business or their profit margins? And so guidance certainly is, is more cautious. But there are stocks that are providing uh, good solid guidance that are feeling confident and their share prices are being rewarded. So they're the ones to focus on, not, not everything else. The US dollar index um, eased back a little bit. It was up, up in the 105s last week. We came back a little bit. Uh, the 10-year yield got up above four for most of the week, but finished down below that level uh, on Friday. The VIX also dropped from um, above 20 to 18 and a half. So this all, you know, all tells you that people are feeling more confident about the market and they're putting their money to work. But the 10-year, two-year spread deepened even further. It's now almost negative 0.9. So the bond market is certainly still uh, strongly supporting the case for a recession. Let's look at some key charts. So there's the S&P. You can see on Thursday, we, we were down um, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday morning, we gapped down. But then intraday, so at the start of Thursday, the US market sentiment there were more sellers than buyers and the market was going down but by thursday afternoon in america that had changed and it had flipped over and that was a very positive engulfing candle took out all of the previous two days and finished almost on its highs and then on friday the market gapped up on the open so again indicating buyers are so keen to get in that they just gapped the market to a higher level on the open and then just went on with it all day so that is an enormously positive uh, reversal. And the fact that the market broke out, formed higher highs and higher lows, broke through several resistance levels, and then backtracked to, the, to this um, falling resistance level is pretty normal. You know, that, that's not a sign of weakness. That's just a sign of normality. It's this very, very powerful reversal that, um, that really tells the story at the index level. But let's look at some other key charts, because where is the money actually going within the overall market? This is the NASDAQ versus the S&P. Not a lot of change, but it's, it's not dropping. You know, it's, it's rocketed up very, very strongly since the start of the year. And now it's just consolidating. So money seems to be flowing equally into the NASDAQ and the S&P. This is the really important one for me. <clears throat> for a, for the bullish case to prevail, and that's semiconductors. And just look at how well semiconductors have done, and particularly uh, last week, another strong leg higher. Now, this is not the semiconductors in absolute terms. This is relative to the S&P. So the S&P was going up very nicely, but semiconductors are going up even faster. So that can only be interpreted as bullish. This is 1,000 growth versus 1,000 value. Not a lot of shift there, so we're consolidating those, uh, those recent gains. But look, last week I showed some relative comparison charts, and I just want to um, touch on those again because I got some very positive feedback about these because this really does give you insight into the sector money flows and therefore the sentiment of the market. 
So this is for the last three months, the last quarter. So what is leading? This is um, communication services, XLC, technology, XLB's materials, XLY is consumer discretionary, XLF is obviously financials. Energy down the bottom, but I'll have more to say about that. And then consumer staples and healthcare. You know, the defensive areas of the market are way down here. And if I put real estate and utilities on there as well, then they were, I just didn't want the chart to get too messy, but um, you know, they would be down here as well. So clearly over the last three months, the performers are the aggressive growth sectors of the market. And then I also looked at <clears throat> what were some of the some of the stronger groups within each one of those um, sectors, and you can see that um, you know steel semiconductors, then medical supplies, oil equipment services, consumer finance, and then bringing up the rear is the S and P. Now the key point about this is that all of these sectors are outperforming the S and P, so they're doing better. It's not just that they're going up; they're going up faster than the S and P. And the one thing that you need to understand about the American market and the American fund management system is that because their performance is examined intimately on a quarter by quarter basis, these guys cannot afford to be underperforming the S&P. They have to be supporting the sectors that are outperforming the S&P because that's their benchmark. And so whether they like it or not, they have to put more money to work in the sectors that are moving faster than the S&P. And so it becomes a self-propelling um, situation. So that's the that's the S&P. Very, very positive from, uh, from my perspective. If we take a look at um, the currency, um, so this is on a weekly basis. So you can see we had four, four very good weeks uh, bounce. But, um, and we've broken out above this very uh, important resistance, but it backtracked last week, and that certainly helped uh, commodity prices towards the end of the week. And the Aussie dollar, pretty much the mirror, and finished at, um, at just under 67 uh, on the Aussie dollar. Turning to our market, um, our index dropped 0.3% across the week, but it'll obviously be uh, very positive on uh, on Monday, I would expect, and there was a huge rebound in um, in the materials sector. So let's just take a quick look at that. So here's the ASX um, 200. We had um, a very significant fall on Monday and um, just didn't manage to claw it back, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that's gonna happen on Monday morning. Materials, huge bounce. You can see almost every day there was a significant sell-off on Monday, but the rest of the week, extremely positive in the materials sector. Uh, energy also bounced. Uh, it was up almost every day last week, but the, the laggers, the ones dragging the market down, um, finance <clears throat> in Australia and um, you know the big four banks, it's, um, they've, they've certainly got some headwinds. And healthcare uh, really just saw a bit of profit-taking Nothing, uh, nothing terribly dramatic there. Now, while I'm here, let's look at uh, precious metals. This is a weekly chart for gold. Um, bounced off this key, uh, key support uh, just above eight, 1800. And you can see a complete engulfing candle. Very, very positive for, uh, for gold. And don't think that gold is going to behave just purely the inverse of the US dollar because that's not, not the case. 
Um, to a degree, gold can move uh, on, it, on its own merits. And that was certainly a very positive week. If we look at the um, if we look at the daily, you can see a very positive finish on uh, on Friday in particular. Now let's just take a quick look at silver. Um, silver's been pretty disappointing. It's, it's really underperforming the um, the gold uh, price. So that's the precious metals market. So just to summarise that, eighteen fifty seven is where we finished. Forty three dollars is a pretty robust week. Translate that to Aussie dollars, twenty seven seventy three which is uh, very profitable territory, uh, although a lot less profitable than it was a year or two ago, because uh, most of the Australian gold producers now, they're all in sustaining costs have pushed up to the 1800 to even $2,000 an ounce area. So um, certainly inflation has eaten into their profit margins. All right, GDXJ uh, was pretty solid finish to the week on Friday. Didn't do anything terribly spectacular, but certainly Aussie gold stocks did really well, particularly the stocks that I've been talking about for several years now, and that's the developers that um, that can appreciate in value because their project is getting de-risked and not uh, as just being a, a slave to the gold price. Other commodities, copper uh, was steady, uh, and so was nickel. Not much change there. Crude oil bounced up almost back to $80. Um, energy stock valuations are appealingly low, and I'm talking about in, in the US, that they're, they're not at a level that is absolute historical lows, but relative to the rest of the market, they are significantly undervalued. So that's the first key point. Now, often when a stock is significantly undervalued, it's because their outlook is really poor, their earnings are under pressure, and the market has moved ahead of the data. But in the case of the energy stocks, and I'm talking the Exxon Mobiles, the Chevrons, all those sort of stocks, the earnings growth looks really strong, and the probability of it looks appealingly high. So US energy, <clears throat> I think on a bigger picture view, uh, offers some some really really enticing um, opportunities. There's the spot copper chart and the spot nickel chart. There's just one thing that I wanted to do just to reinforce um, with the US. I forgot earlier um, with the US uh, turnaround on Thursday and Friday. This is just a couple of stocks. Just no particular uh, recommendations. These are just in alphabetical order as I went through my workbook. Um, you know, look at the look at this candle on Thursday. A massive engulfing candle on rising volume, and then a gap up on on Friday, and it had been oversold. Um, here's Apple. Look at how positive Apple was Thursday, and then into Friday, big uh, big gap higher. Um, so you know, some enormous. Um, positivity in the US market. I just forgot to show that one earlier. All right, wrapping it up. The question is, how do a tiny minority, and it is a tiny minority of investors, massively outperform everybody else? What, what is it they do that makes it work so well for them? They have a highly suitable process that, that they've worked out that suits their style, their psychology, something that they can live with and therefore can be disciplined about it and uh, and do it consistently over time. So that's the first thing. 
If you haven't got a plan, you're in big trouble. The second thing is they're highly organized and they're highly disciplined. They know what their targets are. They know what their portfolio composition needs to look like. Um, and they're very disciplined in how they accumulate stocks and how they take profit. The third thing is that they, they get input in the areas that they need. You know, we can't be all be an expert in everything. So they get input in the areas of need or of necessity. You know, if, if, you're, if you have a busy career or a busy lifestyle and you can't do this properly, which does require hours and hours consistently every day, then they accept the expert input to help pull all this together. So they're the, they're the key things. The overall message for this video is that financial skills can be learned, but just not from a book, not from a classroom. You've, you've got to get yourself on the right track and then, and then get in the engine room and get your hands dirty. It's the only way that you will ever become a success in the stock market. Sorry, wish there was an easy way, but there isn't. Portfolio analyst last week, we looked at technical analysis systems um, for, uh, for ETFs. Um, and also, just what, what are the things you can do to stack the odds in your favor? You know, how can you, how can you lower the risk and improve the chances of success? That's what it's all about. That's it for this week. If you want more information, there's my website, uh, which has got quite a lot of information on it about how I go about things. And there's my email address for anyone that wants to contact me. So that's it. Should be a pretty positive start in Australia on Monday, and uh, we'll see what the rest of the week uh, brings in, um, in global markets. Cheers. It is quite easy to lose money in the stock market without well thought out, sensible rules applied consistently. Any advice in this video is general advice only. Neither your personal objectives, financial situation or needs have been taken into consideration. Accordingly, you should consider how appropriate the advice, if any, is to those objectives, financial situation and needs before acting on the advice. Gary Davis, AR317590, is an authorised representative of Primary Securities, AFSL 224107. Past performance should not be taken as an indicator of future returns. And a note to traders, the publishers of this material wish to disclose that they may hold this stock in their portfolios and that any decision to purchase this stock should be done so after the purchaser has made their own inquiries as to the validity of any information in this material.